What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And today I am recording live from San Diego, California. I'm sitting in my hotel room right now. And anytime I'm out here, it's kind of an emotional experience for me. Uh, ever since uh, my grandfather passed, um, he is, he was a, uh, and is, I should say, a huge influence on me. And um, I named my business after him. So for those of you that don't know the story, uh, Pop is named after my grandfather, who we called Pop Up. And yeah, the, the whole peak optimization performance thing was really just because I wanted POP as the acronym, um, because after he actually passed away about a month before I started my business. So at this point, it was about three and a half years ago. And it was a, you know, it, it's interesting when when something like that happens and it, and it was unexpected, even though he was older, um, he was just this kind of like larger than life influential person that uh, I, I really, you know, it was certainly not something that I thought I would have to come to grips with so soon. And I know that sounds weird as, you know, being that he's my grandfather. So um, I'm not going to give away my age, but I'm getting, you know, I'll just say like, it, it, it sounds weird to say it, uh, how um, it just caught me off guard. And I also am am kind of surprised at even three and a half years later how fresh it feels at times. Um, there's part of me that you know I, I go on like my day to day life and I don't feel like like I feel like he's still there. It's just like this, you know. There's there's people that in your life that are so reliable and dependable and are always there, and then when they're not there. It's it's like surreal. It doesn't feel like so you in your mind you kind of just forget and you think, oh, like that person's there whenever I need them, but but they're not. And being out here has has kind of stirred up a lot of emotions for me because uh, my grandfather had a place, he was in the Navy and uh was stationed in, in Coronado, uh, which is which is right across from uh downtown San Diego. It's a little Island. Um, well, actually, it's a peninsula right across the bay. And he fell in love with Coronado and actually got a place there right about the time that I was born. And for the first, gosh, 17, 18 years of my life, we would go out and uh, stay at his place with him and, and our whole family. And we all fell in love with the, with the area and Coronado and San Diego. And uh, we went out at least two times a year uh, so fortunate to be able to do that uh, because he, you know, spotted an area that he really loved and and just, you know, made the decision to to get a place out there. And um, yeah, we would come out and it's it, you know it was like a second home. And so being back here and and actually even seeing from from my balcony view, being able to see the the condo building that his place was, and and it just it's been uh, a lot of emotions, a lot of uh, just kind of reflections, uh, amazing memories, but then also a lot of grief that that still comes up. And if any if any of you you know have lost somebody that's that you're really close with, um, you know that that feeling it does get better with time. It's just interesting how there's there's something that can trigger it and and it feels so fresh and it feels just like you know that that same feeling that you had when you first 
found out, um, it, it's just pretty surreal. And uh, I don't ultimately know why I'm sharing this just because I'm sitting here thinking about it literally in my room where I can look out and, and see the building and see the condo building and, and think about um, just everything, all the, all the memories, the, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been reflecting a lot on, on the life lessons that I learned from my grandfather. And he was somebody that he really made a huge impact on so many people. And I talk about it, like, like the ripple effect that he created where, you know, he helped people who helped people and, and it just kept going. And, uh, we have a ton of you know funny stories, just you know, in family trips and vacations where we would be t- you know talking, and somehow his name would come up, and there'd be like a random person that just overheard it and was like, "Wait, are you talking about?" And and you know they knew my grandfather from some you know he helped them in some way, or uh, you know he was uh, he was the dean at, at the dental school at, of University of Pennsylvania, and they were like, "Oh, I was a student there when you're you know," and, and it was just so crazy all these. Uh, random moments of of finding people that he impacted, and you know, a lot of what I've tried to create with Pop is that same impact. It's having the same ripple effect. Where you know, if I can help people who help people who help people, that's you know a powerful thing. And uh, a lot of it is through you know the work we do with clients. A lot of it is you know having a platform like this where I can just share and do my best to inspire and educate. Uh, a lot of it is through the certification. So being able to, you know, the fact that we've had, I think we're up to 250 coaches who have come through and gotten their neurotyping certification is amazing because now those coaches are better equipped to deal with like the real change that needs to happen. Uh, we, we have far too many macros only coaches out there. We have far too many, you know, basically uh, numbers pushers or macro calculators and, and the real work needs to be done with the psychological side of things, with the mindset side of things. So having 250 coaches come through it to better understand how their clients think, what motivates them, their behavioral tendencies, how to create better enjoyment and fulfillment and consistency and results period right like that's that's a powerful thing so yeah it's just been it's been really weird um a lot of a lot of mixed emotions and and just thinking about a lot of those those lessons and and kind of just uh you know thinking uh what he would say to me right now seeing you know the business that we've created the community that we've created and uh you know i'd like to think that that he would be proud i'm i'm picturing he had you know, one of those smiles that just lit up any room that he was in. And, and that's really um, a lot of what I've been thinking about as I sit here and try to fight back some tears, which have, there's been no shortage of that uh, since I've been out here. And it's a very short trip. I'm, I'm back home flying out tomorrow. Uh, it's been a lot of travel for me lately, but all for good reasons, um, you know, mostly work-related and helping other coaches, uh, which is something that I'm incredibly passionate about. So, um, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, I just, I don't know. It's something that I felt like sharing. So now you get the, uh, now you get the real stuff. Um, but for the actual topic, because I guess I should probably talk about something, um, related to why you're listening. Um, I was thinking about success. I was thinking about results and how they happen. And, uh, 
and I can even use, you know, my grandfather as an example of this, like he was somebody that always just did what, what needed to get done. Like he was the, the epitome of consistency. Like I said, one of those people that was just reliable, dependable. So always was going to show up, always was going to do, you know, take the action that needed to, to be taken. And, and I think his, his greatest gift was not looking back or dwelling on the past. And I think that that is something that so many of us struggle with. Uh, we overanalyze past decisions. We hang on to the past. We, we let it impact our, our current state, or we project so far out into the future and worry about things that are largely out of our control that we forget to focus on the present moment. And I think that you know, when, when you look at how results are created in every area of life, it's always the same exact process. It's always a result of long and boring consistency. And, and that's really it. I think that the, the number one kind of, I, I would say, misstep that people make, and this isn't even like tactical, this is more from a mindset perspective. The number one mistake that people make is the constant need for like overhauling everything. And it's this, this instant gratification or this impatience in the process, thinking that there should be some like grand, grandiose like change that happens where it's all overnight and you notice it right away. And we oftentimes make decisions based off of that assumption, right? Like we don't, if you're like relentlessly consistent for a while and you're doing like the boring shit that we know pays off, like using your fitness and nutrition as an example, like you spend weeks and weeks uh, you know, eating quality food and drinking water, eating enough, right? Quality foods, drinking your water, getting in, you know, some some training, some movement, recovering well, sleeping well, doing all these things. And then you've been doing this consistently for like weeks or months even. And there's always a moment where you feel like it's too boring to work or it's not, it's not like this massive overhaul. She's like, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. Like, I haven't made as much progress as I like. It hasn't happened as quickly as I'd like. And then we typically go with the overhaul method, which is I need to change everything right now, this instant. And given the time of year, we're about to see a whole shitload of people falling into this mindset of it's supposed to be this like massive upheaval of everything. And we're going to fix it all right away because the, the reality is the alternative is it doesn't sound logical. It sounds too strange and boring and like it's not sexy enough and it doesn't sell. And if you, if you want to know ultimately why the diet industry is a, a multi-multi-billion dollar industry with one of the highest failure rates across the board... Like, can you imagine that? Like, you fail at your job 95% of the time, and people pay you tens of millions, billions, tens of billions of dollars to do a job that you fail 95% of the time. It doesn't add up. So, where is the disconnect? Well, the disconnect is that the diet industry preys on our need 
for this instant gratification. It plays on our need to overhaul everything or to think that results happen immediately and instantly. And as this you know, massive upheaval of everything that we're doing. Like we want this change. So of course we have to make it this whole big thing where we, you know, start doing cardio every day. And then we work out five days a week on top of that. And then we cut our calories to a thousand and then we cut out carbs and then we fast, you know, 50 hours a day, right? Like it does. That's the mindset that gets us into trouble because when you hear the alternative, when you hear the, the truth, when you hear, hey, you actually just have to take small steps over a really long period of time, and those steps are going to be super simple, like you're going to improve your food quality a little bit. You're going to increase your movement a little bit. You're going to prioritize sleep and stress management a little bit more. You're going to drink a little bit more water, and you're going to do these things over and over and over again. And every morning you're going to wake up and you're not going to see some massive you know, result right away. You're going to have to play the long game and do that for a really long period of time. And then ultimately, years later, you're going to be super successful with a foundation that is rock solid and you're going to accomplish more than you ever thought. But that it doesn't, it's not sexy enough. It doesn't sell. And that's why so many people get caught up in this, this uh, constant trap of thinking they have to do everything right now, like yesterday, it has to be done. And, and ultimately it's not sustainable. It impacts you mentally because you start to think that there's something wrong with you. Like, why couldn't I do this? You couldn't do it because you're human because nobody can do it. And then you fall into this like all or nothing trap. Like, okay, well the all didn't work and I'm so burnt out of doing it that way. I'm just going to do nothing because nothing sounds way better than that bullshit that I just tried. But then you sit there in the nothing cycle and you're like, well, crap, I'm, I'm at least not miserable with the approach that I'm taking, but I am miserable with how I look and how I feel. So something's got to give like, well, I'm I'm not where I want to be and I need to make a change. And then you go right back to doing everything and doing the same thing that you tried that didn't work. And believe me, I'm I'm talking about this from personal experience. I'm talking about this because I was the person that signed up for the new year, new you challenge multiple times. I was that person that was like, oh, really? Like 30 pounds in six weeks? Sign me up because I need that. I need it in like four weeks, three weeks, even better. Like, how quickly can we do this? How quickly can we rip this bandaid off? Knowing farewell that I had been down that path before. So think about it. You're, you know, from past experience that it doesn't work. And you know that you're just falling back into that same pattern, but yet we still do it because it's such an emotional decision. It's such an, and, and again, this is where like, the diet industry, marketing, everything that we are exposed to basically enforces that exact pattern. So it's like, well, even though I know this is not what I should be doing, I'm so emotionally invested in the decision. I'm so emotionally invested in my results and I'm so uncomfortable with my current state. And I think that sometimes that's a big driving force, which is I am so dissatisfied. Like I can speak from personal experience. When I was 
at my heaviest and I was trying to lose weight, like I did not want to spend another minute in my body. I was so fed up with how I looked, with how awful I felt, with my mindset, my lack of confidence, how I was showing up for other people. I wanted it all done with, and I wanted it done with as fast as I possibly could could get it done with. And, and that just set me back and extended the time that it actually took me to, to be where I want to be and to get to where I wanted to get to. It was just going around in circles until I was able to stop making emotional decisions and stop falling, like actually stepping back and being like, look, doesn't make me a bad person, but I've been doing the same thing over and over again and it hasn't worked yet. So why is it going to work this time? And like finally snapping out of that. And yes, it, it of course helped to have people along the way that were kind of like holding up the mirror, right? And showing me, hey, like this is what you've been doing. And, and ultimately that's why, you know, a lot of people tell me that um, they listen and enjoy my content because it's so brutally honest. And I appreciate that because that's what I would want. And that's what I look for in people that I surround myself with. And so I try to, to do the same thing for anybody else that's struggling and needs that mirror held up for them. Like if you keep doing the same things that you've always done, you will get the results that you've always gotten. That's just logical. That's practical. You can't expect anything else. There's no reason to do the same thing, to try to like overhaul everything, going to this like all or nothing way of, of thinking and, and way of trying to achieve results and expect anything different than what you've always achieved through that process, which is likely frustration, feeling stuck, feeling like a failure, feeling like you're, you're never going to get to where you want to be. You have to think differently and approach this differently if you want a different outcome. That's the bottom line. I had to take care of my metabolism because I was so accustomed and so used to chronic undereating that I was never going to be able to sustain a level of leanness that I wanted, that I desired until I actually took care of my metabolism the way that it needed to be taken care of. I wasn't able to stop with the constant program hopping and training ADD and not staying consistent with anything until I learned about my personality type, my neurotype. I wasn't able to, to implement the, the behavior changes and the lifestyle changes without understanding my own personality type. Like That was the missing link for me to move forward with a process that, that made sense for my lifestyle, that allowed me to be consistent and to actually enjoy the process. So I followed the exact same formula. I had to go through understanding my neurotype and what was going to work best for me. I had to go through the whole metabolic repair and restoration process, what I call metabolic priming. Um, I didn't know at the time that that's exactly what I was doing, but there was no other choice for me, right? Because I, I could have kept trying to rip the bandaid off. I could have gone back to my 1600 calorie meal plan, my 1200 calorie meal plan, the crazy fasting, the crazy, like not eating real food, only drinking shakes all day. I could have gone back to any of that stuff and I would have lost weight yet again for the 700th time. And I would have gained it all back for the 701st time. 
I had to think differently. I had to approach things differently. So the whole point is, is to create awareness around the fact that what you think is the answer because it seems sexy and appealing is likely the thing that's keeping you stuck. The solution that you're seeking is pretty boring, but really effective if you can wrap your mind around it and actually stick with it. Right? It's it's having those foundational pieces in place where you know definitively after several months and years of implementing these daily practices, like you actually give a shit about the food you put in your mouth. You actually move your body consistently. You care about recovery and sleep and stress management. You drink your water, all of these things. And you're like, I know definitively that these will be like second nature after a long period of time. And, and you know that you've got your strong foundation. And then you realize that constantly going from diet to diet, program to program isn't effective. So you should probably learn what works best for you based off of your nature, understand your personality, the role that that plays, understand that you might have a period of metabolic restoration that needs to happen. You might need to prime your metabolism because of everything you've done in the past that has gotten you to this point. You can't expect there to be no collateral damage. When you've been dieting for decades and you've been restricting calories for a really long period of time and living in a deficit, of course, there's going to be some collateral damage. Of course, there's going to be some adaptations that occur. So the good thing is you caused it, you can fix it. So you might have to go through that process. And then understanding that you want this forever. So you have to delay gratification and play the long game and make this a lifestyle as cliche as it is. But you know that, that was the realization that I had to come to. That is the realization that ultimately, if you come to that realization, then everything will change for you and you'll never look back. But if you keep falling into the same trap, unfortunately, it's it's a long and, and arduous road. I know from personal experience, and I would never wish that upon anybody. Which is why I'm trying to be that mirror, um, you know, that that I've had before, that people have been for me, so I can pay that forward. Um, so yeah, bottom line is, it's not super sexy. It it many people will probably ignore this and not even hear what I'm saying because it's not exciting. I'm not giving you some magic. Uh, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you what you probably need to hear. So if you do absorb it, if this does resonate, if it does hit home, that's a sign. That's a sign that you should be acting on that gut instinct that tells you what needs to be done. That is a sign. And I would absolutely act upon that. And if you ever need help, if you're ever frustrated, if you ever feel like nothing's working for you, if you feel like you're broken, if you feel like you've tried so many things before and nothing has worked, don't stop. I know that feeling. If I had let that feeling win, I would would absolutely not be where I am today. It was only because I kept trying and kept reaching out for help that I was able to figure it out. Reaching out to a coach, reaching out to, you know, people that had been where I was, you know, and had experienced the things that I had experienced. It was reaching out and getting help and keep going even when I thought I you know, was signing up for something that was going to be helpful. And then it turned out it wasn't not holding on to the past and regretting it and allowing that to impact my next decision, but learning from it and moving forward. 
and using that information to make better decisions. And ultimately, it was that persistence that allowed me to succeed. And I, I don't consider where I'm at to be like an ultimate level of success, but I feel good about it based off of where I've been, based off of the journey that I'm currently on. I feel really good about where I am and where I'm headed. So all that's to say, don't stop. Even though you might be frustrated, you might have had some poor experiences in the past, that's not a reason to give up. When you know that something is important to you, when it's meaningful, you will continue to persevere to find a way. And that is what I encourage you to do. If you need help, I'm here. You can just message me. Um, you know, This is ultimately about you making this, the decisions that are in your best interest. But if you need some guidance, if you need some support, if you need some accountability, if you need direction from somebody that's been there before, um, just reach out. You can always hit me up on Instagram. Uh, I respond to all of my DMs. It's at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And uh, if you want to hit me up on Facebook, it's Michael Milner now. It's not even Mike Milner on Facebook because freaking I'm not even going to get into it, but I had a little issue, I'll say, with Facebook that I was not very happy about because nobody calls me Michael except my mother and my girlfriend's youngest daughter. (laughs) That's basically it. (laughs) So uh, those are the only two people pretty much. But now everybody on Facebook is probably like, oh, he wants to be called Michael. Man, it's fine. If you want to call me Michael, I give you permission. But typically I go by Mike. (laughs) Anyway, um, I apologize if this episode was a little bit scattered. Hopefully there was some little nugget of value that you could extract from this episode. And if that is the case, I would greatly appreciate it if you could share, um, post it to your stories on Instagram. You can leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. You know all the things. Um, I appreciate you tuning in and I will talk to you very soon.